This is That Guy Jig Sports Podcast. I am him, J-I-G. Subscribe, rate, and review. Amazon, Spotify, or Apple, or wherever you get your podcast. check us out. We're also on Instagram at That Guy Jig. But listen, the, the, the celebration is over for the Chiefs. It's time to move on. We are officially in the offseason of the NFL. It's time to figure out where these top receivers are going to go, who is serious about making a dynasty, who is serious about defeating a dynasty, and who is just here to party. And then we still got those teams that are still tanking. But when, when, when the news that the NFL has increased the salary cap to by, by, by $30 million next year is huge, that's another two contracts. Odell Beckham just signed for $16 million last year, folks. Remember that. Odell Beckham signed a one-year $16 million deal. Now, you ideally would like someone to give you a little bit more production than what Odell gave the Baltimore Ravens. I understand with them being a run-heavy offense, you would say, well, Jig, how much more is he supposed to do? Well, he's going to do more than 35 catches for 565 yards and three touchdowns. Now, if I give you $16 million for one year, I expect a little bit more production out of that. Now, that same type of contract is what you might see a guy like Gabe Davis get. But what I'm telling you is the increase of salary cap is going to help a couple of things. It's going to help teams like the Chiefs get better, and it's going to help teams chase the Chiefs. Other than that, we're going to see what teams do. We're going to see what teams do, but I like this because to me, it kind of opens up a window for the Chiefs to get really good. What if the Chiefs get Mike Evans? What if the Chiefs just say, screw it, let's get Mike Evans. Let's get Pat Mahomes, a true number one receiver, who's had a 1,000 yards in every single season he's been in the NFL. This guy is consistency. He's a model of consistency. He gets in the paint. So even if, see, the way Mike Evans plays with taking the top off of defense, being a, 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 a vertical threat, being a big body, He's going to be able to play in the NFL for a little bit longer because he doesn't have to rely on his speed. He didn't get here off of speed. That size ain't going nowhere. That height ain't going nowhere. The ability to lean on a corner is not going anywhere. Mike Evans will keep that ability all the way through and maybe even get better at it. Some might say, Randy Moss aged very fine like wine. Very fine like wine, because the style of play that he played, you can carry that on for years and years to come. Mike Evans, I'm not saying is Randy Moss, but what I'm saying is he is in that mold. When, when the football gods made, made the god that is Randy Moss, okay, when they put out the Mount Rushmore of football and they put Randy Moss there, when they made Mike Evans, he was in that mold. He was in that shadow. Randy Moss was thought of. So when I see Mike Evans, why not for Kansas City? You already got you a true, you know, give him the ball, let him go, almost 1,000-yard receiver in Rasheed Rice. You got Travis Kelsey. You know what he's going to give you. We don't have to talk about one of the greatest of all time at the tight end position. You give Patrick Mahomes a Mike Evans, and with the salary cap increase, this is possible, especially if he reworks that contract. And... and there's so many receivers out there. We're talking Mike Evans, Michael Pittman Jr., Calvin Ridley, T. Higgins, Noah Brown, Gabe Davis, Tyler Boyd, and Hollywood Brown are all unrestricted free agents this year. A contender, you need to get some. You need to get one of these guys. Buffalo, you need to get one of these guys. Cincinnati, you have two receivers on this list, Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins. What are they going to do in Cincinnati? 
This offseason is huge, folks, because this is either where teams are going to take a step further or two steps back. This is what this, this offseason is going to entail. When you have a team like New Orleans restructuring contracts, because you got to understand a reason that Sean Payton left New Orleans was because he knew that they were in contract limbo. They were in contractual suicide. They He knew it was it for them. And look what New Orleans has been able to do the last two years. Absolutely nothing. Now you restructure Derek Carr's deal. You get a little bit more flexibility, and you might be able to bring in some of these people. You have to get rid of Mike Thomas. Mike Thomas has to be available. And that's one of these wild card moves that could be made for a contending team that may not get that much talk about. Mike, Mike Thomas has to be on the move. If you are the New Orleans Saints, there's no way you can bring this guy back in. He hasn't played a full season for you since he signed that mega contract. So at this point, ha-ha, the joke is on you. Let's end it. Let's end the laughs. Let's get rid of the snickering. And let's send him on somewhere else. Let's send him to like let's send him to Miami. Let's see what you can get. Let's see what you can get from Miami. Let's get let's get these guys out of there. Mike Thomas would be great for great for Arizona. I think Arizona is going to eventually re-sign Hollywood Brown. I think Hollywood Brown being good friends with Kyler Murray is going to put that over the top, but I do see them bringing in more people. I would like to see the Arizona Cardinals get Saquon Barkley. I know everybody wants Saquon to go to Dallas. The Los Angeles Chargers is a good one because they are going to run the football, folks. Listen to me. Listen to me and hear me now. If I haven't told you anything for fantasy football next year, do not draft Justin Herbert. If you did not hear me, do not draft Justin Herbert next year. They are going to have an emphasis in Los Angeles to run the football. They are going to run the ball more than they ever have his first four years in the NFL. And I'm telling you, if you want a quarterback that's going to be consistent, a quarterback that's not going to turn the ball over, he's going to have some touch. His his touchdown to in, uh, interception ratio is going to be flawless. It's going to be great. That's your guy, Justin Herbert. Next year for fantasy football will be a quarterback that will that won't lose you a game, but he's probably not going to win you a game either. If you know what I mean, you know what I mean. If you don't, you're probably not holding up chips. And that's the difference between this conversation because this shit's year-round. I make it all come together, folks. Full circle. It's full circle. You hear that train? That's the fantasy football train. You remember the train? That's that train. That's the train. And what I'm telling you is this right here. This shit is full. This shit's year-round. It don't stop. Where these players goes has a direct correlation. Where these coaches goes has a direct correlation in or of your fantasy football failure or success. Depends on this offseason, so pay attention. What I'm telling you is, I want to see Saquon in Arizona. Think about a backfield with Saquon and Kyler Murray. You get a good receiver. You bring Hollywood Brown back. You bring another receiver in. You let... You let Kyler, you let Kyler cook. You let Kyler cook. Kyler Murray has had a good history of having a uh, 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 um, a good running back behind him. I mean, he has to have it. It, 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 it you know, it, it's great for him. It's great for football, folks. You know what I mean? I'm saying you get Arizona to get Saquon. You get Kyle, you get Kyler Murray, you get Hollywood Brown, 
why not? You go and get you another receiver, I think we're talking about something. We're talking about something down there in that desert. We are talking about something down there in that desert. And if you don't believe me, I <laughs> just watch. Don't believe me, just watch. Kyler Murray, when he plays with good running backs, I mean, we saw him when he played with Trey Sermons. We saw him when he played with Kennedy Brooks. If you don't know who Kennedy Brooks is, I'm sorry. You probably should watch a little more college ball. He's a good college running back. And Kyler Murray will be, it it always benefits a quarterback to have a good running back behind you. If a defense is worried about who is getting the ball behind you, if a defense cannot commit to the pass, if a defense has to be on his toes, these are all things as an offense you like because then I can do what I want. If you have no clue what I'm doing, that means you have no absolutely way to stop it. And that's what you got to do. You got to keep them on their toes. You got to keep them guessing. Keep them guessing. And that's why I think Saquon to Arizona would be a very, very good place for him. All sides win. All sides win, man. T. Higgins, I would like to see T. Higgins, man. I would like to see him stay with the Cincinnati Bengals, but I would not be surprised if he ended up in Jacksonville. His quarterback... His guy, Trevor Lawrence, he's going to be a number one receiver down there. You would get T. Higgins. You would have Christian Kirk and uh, uh, Marvin Jones or whoever else they want to bring in. You still got Evan Ingram and uh, uh, Travis Etienne. You might as well bring in that whole Clemson team at that point because that's what I feel like is going to happen. Gabe Davis is another guy that I feel like if if he's a third option for you, you're very happy. Like if Gabe Davis ended up in Kansas City, wow. If Gabe Davis ended up in, in Philadelphia, if Gabe Davis ended up in Dallas, he's not a number two receiver. If you believe so, go read his stats from last year. There's people there's people in the world right now who might have or might not have a hit on Gabe Davis because they lost in fantasy football. Because in playoffs, he shit the bed. The one time we need you is to, not, is to perform during the playoffs. We don't ask for much during fantasy football. You really think about it. We're not asking you to do much. We're asking you to do what you do to get paid. So the one time we need you to show up for work, the one time we need you to really just strap it on, pause, is during those playoffs. And Gabe, you did not. Gabe, you have some proving it to do, my friend. Gabe is one of those guys that you could see on a contender because they're going to be able to get him for the Chiefs. You're not going to have to pay him too much money because of his last season. The NFL is not a... It's not a big-ass body of work league. It's about what have you done for me lately. And Gabe Davis has not done anything for Josh Allen, the Buffalo Bills, or anybody throwing him the ball lately. So the perception is going to be, what can you do for me? I know you can't lead this team at receiving. Don't tell me you can. I got the proof and the pudding. So tell me what you can do for this team. That's the question you have to ask if you're if yourself if you're the GM and it's time for Gabe Davis. Like I said, I like Gabe Davis going to a contender. If Gabe Davis wants to be a number one receiver, he's going to have to go to a place like the Panthers, a place where is it that cool to be the number one receiver? Because they don't truly know if they want the quarterback they have. They made they listen. They rushed the gun. They pulled the trigger early. And they got Bryce Young. Do I think Bryce Young will be a competent NFL quarterback? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. But I think Bryce Young is on the Baker Mayfield trajectory. Whereas he's not going to live up to a first number number one pick. So he will be a bust by technicality. 
By technicality, you look at it, Baker Mayfield is a bust because he did not live up to what a number one overall pick is. Now, is his overall career one? No, it will not be. I think he'll have a chance to save it. I think he'll have a chance to come in and get a a prove-it job just like Baker and get himself some money and then, you know, have some generational wealth. That's what I think will happen. I don't think Bryce Young was worth the number one pick. If I was the Carolina Panthers, I would have sat on my hands for one more year. I would have sucked. I would have, you know, traded players away. I would have got deeper in the draft, and I would have went all in on these next two drafts. These next two drafts for quarterback for me are the are the drafts. This these are the drafts to get in next year with Cam Ward, um, Will Howard going over there. Um, that's just a couple. I have to think. I have to dig deep in my college football bag. We're on NFL right now, but that's just name a couple. Those two guys moving right there. Cam Ward and Will Howard right there. Dylan Gabriel over there. Oregon's going to be a good one. Now I'm starting to pick it up. Now I'm starting to pick it up. There's going to be um, Kyle McCord going to Syracuse. That's going to be good. DJ Ugalawewa down at Florida State. These are guys that are going to come in and probably do some things for you. Now, there's a guy down in South Carolina. He's a pretty good guy. KJ Jefferson, he transferred in. I'm telling you, there's going to be some solid NFL quarterbacks next year for the NFL in the college football uh, realm. So I could understand why a team would want to wait between these two drafts. And that's why I'm saying if I was the Carolina Panthers, I would have sat on my hands and not rushed to draft, draft Bryce Young. Because Bryce Young is indeed a project. But he's a project that you need a special coach for. You can't keep bringing in these first-year coaches, these new, these new coaches. Yeah, they, you know, they're new, they're innovative. Yeah, they might have new plays and new schemes and new terminology and new lingo. But some of these older coaches know how to get through to these quarterbacks. Some of these coaches are proven and tried. And I think when you have a rookie coach, it's more, it's more beneficial to have a coach that's been through it. A coach that knows how to handle a locker room, a coach that knows how to handle the media, a coach that knows how to handle the NFL life. Because when you have a coach trying to figure out, a coach trying to figure out offense, a coach trying to figure out all this stuff, and now you have to get this quarterback to where the owner and everybody feels like he's competent to be the number one overall pick to lead this franchise, now we're talking about issues. We're going to keep running into issues. Because you have two people trying to find themselves in a league where there's only the 1% of the best players in the world. Only the best coaches in the world are in the NFL. Only the brightest minds in the NFL are are in the NFL. You know? Like, yeah, there's probably a couple who are in there. I'm, I'm I'm not shitting on anyone who's not in the NFL. But what I'm telling you is this league is brilliant minds behind it. Behind the scenes, behind the athletes are some brilliant minds. So when these people are trying to find their way as long as well as the athlete, now we have a problem. And that's why I say they should have brought in a more veteran coach. And it's not going to be, it's just not going to be as fun as they, as they thought. So Bryce Young, I'm not saying he's a complete bust. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying he will be a project. And it's going to be a special project. It's going to be a special project. I'm telling you right now, man, there's a guy out, Kurt Cousins, where he ends up going. Kurt Cousins' free agency with his, with his Achilles is going to be interesting because he didn't do the Aaron Rodgers. He didn't come back during midseason, I mean, you know, and be cleared and be good to go for training, be able to rehab his body and all that stuff. See, that's why I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be a problem. That's why I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be a problem is because he had all of this time to heal. 
he had all this time to adapt. He's not just coming back into it, you know. And that's the thing about it. You know, Kirk, he probably took a different approach. No one really knows. He wasn't very public about it, but we do know he had, he is a free agent. So if you're a team out there, if you're the Tennessee Titans, do you take a chance? If you're the Tennessee Titans, do you take a chance? Because Derrick Henry is going to be a free agent. They say that guy could end up in Dallas. That guy could end up in Baltimore. You know, Josh Jacob, Jingleheimer Smith, his name is my name too. He's going to be out of Las Vegas. They're going to need a running back. They're saying that he could end up in Dallas. There's people, there's parts being moved. And if I'm the Titans, you can maybe make a makeshift roster that might be able to contend in that division of the AFC South. You might be able to make a roster that can contend in that division. If you bring in, say, a quarterback like Kirk Cousins, you already have your rookie, Will Levis, there. He can lead the team while Kirk's rehabbing or whatever's going on. You bring in another receiver to complement DeAndre Hopkins, and you sign one of these running backs of Derrick Henry, Josh Jacob, Jingleheimer Smith, his name is my name too, Austin Eckler, you know, um, Tony Pollard. I mean, there's guys out there that are going to be available at the running back position. If not, you can draft one. There's so many, you know, there's so many options for a team like the Titans because the Titans aren't really out of anything. They're one of those teams, like I said in the beginning of the show, they're kind of in like, oh, I'm just here to party, you know. Like, I'm here to party, and if like, you know, if I hook up, cool. If not, I go home in my right hand. I'm okay with it. And that's where the Titans are at right now because they know if they suck, they have their draft stock, and if they're good, they just go to the playoffs. So either way, they'll be okay. So if you're the Titans, do you do a, do you do a move like that? Do you get a Kirk Cousins? You see what I'm saying? Now these are teams... Like the Vikings. The Vikings are the same way. The Vi- I told you, I think the last time we spoke, you know, it's going to be very interesting what they do because do you pay the receiver or do you pay the quarterback? If you pay Justin Jefferson all this money, he's not taking a deal. So if you pay him all this money, you're not going to be able to pay Kurt. You're not going to be able to pay a quarterback. So you're going to have to get you a cheap one. You're going to have to get you a draft you one. And then you're going to have to come up with that with the mindset of you have two years. You have the quarterback's rookie year and his sophomore year. His sophomore year, you have to be contending for a Super Bowl. If not, you have to trade Justin Jefferson. A guy like me, I'm trading him now. Just go ahead and get rid of him now. Listen, it's okay. You had a great receiver with the way the market went and how everything's going. you got to get rid of him. He's already said he wants the bag. Justin Jefferson has already said he wants the bag. He's not taking a pay cut. Trade his ass. Trade him to a contender. Get all their first round picks for the next two years. Get get free of some salary cap. You got you got Addison. You got Hawkinson. You got some solid running backs that showed themselves as being competent last year. Your offensive line, you can build it. Defense was solid, top ten. So you really, I mean, Justin Jefferson is is a luxury. Not everybody can afford luxury in the NFL. In professional sports, it's about the haves and the half-nots. And unfortunately, Minnesota, I don't know if you're going to be able to continue to be a half. So what does a team like Minnesota do? You know, like a team like New Orleans. What do they do? Do they cut ties with with Mike Thomas, Alvin Kamara, and just stay with Derek Carr for next year, tank it all away, and start rebuilding? I say so because it's time. Alvin Kamara has paid his dues to you in the city. It's time to let him go. It's time to let him be free. It's time to let him fly. Mike Thomas, like I I alluded to earlier, he has to go. 
the Saints are also one of those teams. They're just here to party, you know? Like I said, if we get if they hook up, they hook up. If not, they have the right hand. Now, a team that can either stop a dynasty or become one themselves, all they have to do is pull the trigger, and that's the Baltimore Ravens. They have to pull the trigger, folks. The Baltimore Ravens are at the point right now where they're just they're wasting life. It's like the Sanderson sisters off of Hocus Pocus. You remember that movie, folks? Remember the Sanderson sisters? What was the one thing they had to do? They had to suck the souls out of children, right? Well, guess what? They they had a, they, they they themselves had a time, or they could not. You know, they were running out of energy. That's the Ravens. You spend sixteen million dollars on Odell Beckham for nothing. I told you guys. I told you that was a shitty move. At this point, what are you gonna do for Lamar? What are you going to do for Lamar? Get him some help. Go get him T Higgins. Go get him Calvin Ridley. Go get him some true help. Odell Beckham is 32 years old. He is a third option at best. He is a third option at best, folks. If you think Odell Beckham is a number one receiver, I'm sorry for you. I'm sorry. But you got to stop living in fantasy world. In no, in, in no lineup other than you had extreme bye weeks would you start Odell Beckham. In no lineup. In no standard fantasy football league. So if you, I'm just saying, folks, he's not a good receiver anymore. And not for a contending team. He's a third option. You got to go get your Michael Pittman Jr. You got to get your Calvin Ridley. You got to get your T. Higgins. If you get anything less, I don't know what we're doing in Baltimore besides wasting Lamar Jackson's time. Everybody wants to sit there and blame blah, blah, blah. Todd Munkins dropped the ball. He threw the he, he had him drop back 42 times. But if you're gonna have him drop back 42 times, you better have the you better have the apparatus that can that can they can launch it 42 yards, which you do, but you better have the receivers to, 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 to go get that said thing. And you don't. Zay Flowers was great. Mark Andrews came off an injury. But we're talking about a team where Nelson Aguilar was consistently on the field. We're talking about a team where Rashard Bateman, who can look like a very busted number one pick, was on the field consistently. These are the options Lamar is supposed to be throwing to. I don't know. I don't think he would be successful. I don't think he's going to be successful. But listen, I hope success for everybody. I hope Justin Fields finds success. I hope Saquon. I hope everybody that's a free agent finds their success in the NFL. And to the rookies that are coming in, I hope you find your success. And I hope everybody, that I hope your team finds your wish list that you couch QBs are putting out there, that us couch quarterbacks, us couch coaches are putting out there. I hope our wishes become true. This is That Guy Jig Sports Podcast. I am him, J-I-G. Subscribe, rate, and review. Amazon, Apple, Spotify. Check us out on Instagram. On This weekend, it's college basketball. The weekend before last. Because we missed last weekend. We were 6-1. So we're trying to get to that money. We're trying to get to that pumpernickel. We're trying to get to that honey oat. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about bread. But this is That Guy Jig. And I am him, J-I-G. Peace.